Hey everybody, welcome back to JLXP with Raz. After week seven of the LCS Summer Split, only one week remaining. And we were just going through topics. We're going to end up talking about at least six of the teams because there were actually big shifts for a lot of them. It's not every week where you have three 2-0 teams and three 0-2 teams. So 100 Thieves, CLG, and TL all 2-0'd. But C9, FlyQuest, and Golden Guardians all 0-2'd. So big shifts in momentum going into the final week of the regular season. 100 Thieves now on a seven-game win streak. CLG yeah. on a five-game win streak. And then Golden Guardians and FlyQuest on six- and four-game losing streaks. Oof. We got some streaks. Yeah. <laughs> some. Am- I just love the contrast between the two streaks. One yeah. is just like elation. The other one's pure depression. Yeah. Um, oh, the depression streak for Golden Guardians. Okay, let's let's yeah. start on the, the realm of positivity. Um, Player of the Week, Bwipo. Fairly somewhat contentious vote. I think contracts, yeah. Palafox, big weeks for them. FBI someday, big weeks for them as well. Uh, for you and me, I think we both voted for Bwipo. It was like the really good Olaf game he had against FlyQuest and then yeah. the absolute top diff that happened against EG. But what, yeah. are your, what are your thoughts more largely on TL? Because they, had, they broke their streak of five consecutive one-in-one weeks. Yes. Um, I'm, I mean, clearly much happier with it. I think a lot of the times I can hit on the draft for them as a team throughout the split. Like the draft could be really poor. I know a lot of the times they have like early game drafts and that's not bad. It's just, you know, it doesn't fit them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they a lot of the times misplay team fights because of it and get caught off guard. But then I think their level of play has really just started to accelerate. It's been a lot more cleaner. Mm. Um, and then also the drafts have actually just kind of favored them naturally. They're going to more, to more scaling draft at times. It feels like that's just like more frequently. Um, so I think both sides have been good for them. The most, the more impressive area is just them and how they actually play the map, um, mm-hmm. and play to advantages. Like the last game we just had where he was on that ridiculous set game. It, <laughs> it feels like you go into that game, you know, you have the matchup, you play the matchup, or at least the first like three waves really well, call in your jungler, you yeah. execute the dive. Like it felt like they had a game plan and then they followed up with it with like core JJ coming back top side and everything like there was that 1v2 outplay, sure. Mm-hmm. Like, that one, that was insane from Blippo. But I think throughout of it, it was just mostly cl- uh, Team Liquid having an original game plan, following up with it, executing well on it, and it gave EG, like, zero time to breathe. And if they can do this consistently, like, this is the Team Liquid that people were afraid of going into the year. Yeah. That's, like, this type of win against EG. EG only has three losses this year. Or this yeah. split. It was the... 45 minute game they had against clg which was this like elder dragon trading affair it was the 100 thieves game in the second round robin where there was a very close rift herald fight uh abadaga and huhi with renata azir like basically were in a 2v3 and turned it for a triple kill and then were able to carry it and then this one was by far the most lopsided loss eg has had so it i think means emotionally at least more to beat eg like this even if tl has some embarrassing and bad losses like they are one and one against tsm right they lost pretty soundly to 100 thieves they've lost to c9 they've lost to clg um so obviously their record is not good but like games like this 
at least prove to people that they still exist, right? That they're yeah. not completely washed. So it's it's a really, really big confidence booster for them, I think. And also for, for the people that support this team. 100%. It's the most substantive, like, win and loss uh, for, of course, like, Team yeah. Liquid. And for Team Liquid, of course, we talked about the positive. It feels like they're on the right track and they are more on the same page and they're executing just flatly. Yeah. I think that's been a lot of the times, as hard as it sounds, they're just playing better individually, mechanically. Mm. Um, so, uh, and then on top of that, the negative is like, I guess you can call it a negative. Because you can make the case that the loss that EG had versus 100 Thieves was like um, a little bit to the draft as well. That was their Kaisa Nautilus game when it was out mm-hmm. of meta. They mm-hmm. had a goal in terms of diving in mid game, but when it didn't play well versus composition that did well versus that, um, it was just not, there was no chance for them to win. The CLG game really early on, you can also like, blow away um because it was early on the split this one is just flatly they lost to a better mm. team mm-hmm. in in a in a very clear fashion so yeah well they just kept running they just kept running top lane like there was yeah. such a disaster play first off when Bipo got the 1v2 but then later on when they tl was crashing the rift herald and i think like four people on eg died like there's no yeah. coming back from that i have a i have a slightly different tl take uh in terms of how they're improving i hmm. i think I think when I really dive into it, their biggest issues are weirdly in close games around like 18 to 20 to 30 minutes where they still don't feel like they agree or have intuition on how to close games out. Part of that comes from not playing with each other for very long. Another part of that comes with them being very inconsistent with the types of team compositions they're playing. So every Mm -hmm. team composition is a unique puzzle to solve with a different way to win the game. And it's just different every time. This yeah. week, I feel like they just kind of blew people away in the early game, so it didn't matter. <laughs> like, I think FlyQuest, FlyQuest was definitely the more complete game, weirdly enough. EG was just, this is how EG plays. They throw themselves at you, and since TL batted them away so well, they were just having this gargantuan lead. And then they still, like, they did give up the bounties, too. Like, uh, Bwipo lost his bounty, Hansama lost his bounty in the bottom lane, but, like, two bounties for a 10,000 goal lead ended up not mattering. So I, I don't think they're personally, I don't think it's solved, but I think they just got better at the thing they had already been good at, which isn't, there, isn't a yeah. bad thing. That's fair. I think something that's interesting as well. I know like coming into the split, they made a very clear book was on the desk. A lot of the time saying yep. that, yes, we want to play towards bottling. Like that's just clearly what they made. They had it as an intent coming into the yep. split. And I feel like, funny enough, their best selves has been the opposite, where mm. they're playing away from their bot lane. They're playing towards either Bwipo. You can make the case about Bjergsen as well. But with Core JJ being a strong roaming type to yeah. solidify advantages that already exist, we saw that in the split that, um, you know, with Alfari. Um, it happens in this game as well. It technically kind of happened in the previous game. And I feel as though, you know, Hansama is a great laner alongside core jj they've been doing well in lane but a lot of the times i feel like they don't play well in the front to back you know um strong carry options i feel like if they, mm-hmm. they do succeed a little bit more with uh leads in whippo and bjergsen a, a little bit more aggressively simply because santorin works better with uh bjergsen it feels like a lot of the 2v2s that they've had throughout the year through mid has been successful and that gives Santorin ex- experience and gold advantages to actually push his individual matchup. And then you can make the case about how Bwipo actually builds plans around his 
lat, about around his lane. Mm -hmm. That mm -hmm. we're seeing more successful dive top lane, though it's easier to do that in comparison to bot lane. So that's probably just the better look for Team Liquid. Yeah. And I'm interested to see if they continue on with that. Yeah, this is what Core JJ is actually best at. So maybe mm -hmm. maybe they got in their own heads a little bit too much of like we must make Han Sama the carry. Yeah, I think they should use. Han Sama's ability to lane to unlock core to go elsewhere yeah. because when core won his MVP back when I was there for his MVP in 2020 summer whenever he roamed it was because him and tactical had one lane like yeah. he won lane so he could roam he did not win lane so he could win lane harder and that's when you really to me I think get the best version of core today so I think that's a good insight for me that's what they did today and that's what I want to see more of from them next team yeah. though is the story of the split. CLG. Man. Oh my god. Five game winning streak. It's I would crazy. say by far the best week they've had. They took down yeah. C9 and then FlyQuest. So, dude, they are 10 and 5. In spring, they were 6 and 12. They could actually flip they play tsm 100 thieves and immortals if they just win the tsm immortals games they actually flip their 6 and 12 to a 12 and 6 it would be absolutely nutty i mentioned at the end yeah. of the analyst desk but i think this is a really fun fact uh sorry that you've already heard, heard this they have had 13 wins in the regular season twice 2015 summer 2016 spring in both of those 13 and 5 split clg went on to win an lcs title if they win all three games and go into playoffs on an eight-game winning streak, they would be 13-5. and five. Never did I ever think I would say this about 2022 CLG. That's the super hopium angle. Yes. There's the doomsday angle of they getting lucky. Where are you in the spectrum evaluating this team? More towards the super hopium than the lucky side. Yeah. Um, because they are just flatly a good team. Um, just period. Mm -hmm. And Spring Split, sure, that split was really rough for them. I know, I remember when I was talking to Poom in the parking lot in Spring Split really early on. And I mean, the point that they had made was that for a few of their players, it's like, you know, nerves coming onto the mm -hmm. stage and everything like that. I know every kind of young team says that. And how much you take away from that is like, it's up to you. For me, when I, when I heard that, I was like, that makes sense, but even if they feel comfortable on stage, they still have a lot to work on, in, like as a team, to be honest. Because at that time, it was like, you guys would be even, then you'd get into a fight, the fight wouldn't turn out well, and then you guys would keep making mistakes. Like, mm -hmm. it, it, either they get in their own heads or something to that fact. And I was like, that's a really tough thing to unlearn, um, of like being too impatient with either leads or deficits. Because if you have a deficit, you want to make a play to get back into the game. If you have a lead, you know, a lot. There are some players that are like, okay, we can push the a tempo a little bit more. Let's force fights to actually like close out the game because that's how you end up winning in scrims a lot of the time. And a lot of times, getting players out of that mentality is difficult. They didn't do that. They're still a fast team. Yeah, <laughs> they, just, they just go. <laughs> they just go. It's just it just feels like that they are making the better decisions. Uh, they they understand the game to a, a deeper degree, and also they just trust each other. Mm. Um, and there's a lot that goes in that. So people will talk about the one change that they made. I don't think that one change is the difference. Yeah, I was going to ask you that. Like, there's just like, yeah. what, how much of it is the Dokla factor versus how much of it is the other four? It helps. I'm sure it helps. Yeah. From a drafting perspective, now 
Palafox can flex his picks a little bit more easily, right? Yone flex the is Yone, really good. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a nice, it's a nice flex that you can go for. There's a lot of other angles as well. Uh, Dokla is a grinder. I'm sure you know. Same can go can be said about Jenkins, but I'm, I still think they're successful with Jenkins top lane. Mm. It's more of the mm -hmm. culture of the team that uh, push them, and also just keeping the same players and improving the system behind door closed doors. It's kind of one of those weird angles where us as analysts are like the hell happened <laughs> and the fans especially uh though the clg fans are pleasantly surprised yeah. it's one of those things where it's like you don't know what happened but that just means the coaching staff and management did a great job and the players themselves had a, a strong amount of confidence that even through the losses they're like no we we still believe that us as players every time they took losses last split it was like no we should still win these games and you can hear that from players but when they say it confidently um and they can point to specific things, criticize each other and themselves. Like That's like, okay, they still have a winning mindset. Let's see where this goes. I did not expect to get anywhere near them being this far yeah. in the mix. Dude, one player that has surprised me the most, actually, has been Palafox. Mm. Uh, I don't know if you're around for this, and I won't name names, but we were having like a green room conversation. Okay. Um, earlier, it was either spring or summer, and we were we were thinking like, have we seen Palafox have a good game? This was a while ago. And we're like, he's just like a four out of 10 every single game is kind of how it felt. Mm -hmm. And it made us think like, what, like, what is he doing? Cause his laning stats are always bad, but he must be sacking to move a lot and trying to play with the team. Like that must be the thing that he's good at. But when you're not winning, it makes you just look so below average consistently. Mm -hmm. But especially in during this win streak, he just i'm noticing how active he is partially yeah. because it's working partially because i think they're just more coordinated or have more cohesive team comps but like that to for for my perception of a player that's been yeah. the biggest change is what i thought of palafox three months ago and how i think of palafox now now i think he's actually very good yeah uh, and a really big part of their success it's interesting, too, because the point you made about him roaming a lot is one angle. The other angle as well is that lots of times he'll pick assassin matchups that require strong coordination with his jungle and support mm. to actually make it work. There's one time, Spring Split, where he was going for Akali versus Victor. And just globally, I wasn't seeing a lot of value in Akali versus Victor. The Victor would just like harass you consistently, put you under turret. It wouldn't feel good. Um, Akali would be behind in uh, experience and go like, and see and gold and be like okay what where does the akali come in <laughs> like when does the value come in and but globally people would still play it and the best teams yeah. would actually make a lot of use of it because yeah once you hit six the angle is there victor has a lot of struggle and if your jungler is there at the right times you actually just straight win the 2v2 um uh and he and there was that angle where yes his games would be bad because he's either be roaming a lot and they just wouldn't be working or he would be playing these matchups where you need strong coordination with your jungler. Or, of course, just like, perhaps just like you need to play. If you make one small mistake, it's doomed for you. Mm -hmm. And it wouldn't work out. And now, I think the tweak in coordination where he and him and contracts are just playing better alongside each other. Yeah. Um, and the team play also is a, is a lot more cohesive. It, this team's just great. And it's nice to see it. And I hope, hope we don't jinx it. That's the well, last okay. thing I want. Okay. Here's the yeah. next question. Oh, because you, we inevitably have to do this whenever there is a new team that jumps yeah. into contender territory. Uh, 
And it's it's very difficult to come away as like the winner in these conversations because if yeah. you say, hey, I think CLG is not a top three team, mm-hmm. right? And they end up not being a top three team. Neither one of us is going to like hammer that home and quote retweet ourselves from three weeks that we're like, see, yeah. I told you CLG would lose. Uh, yep. But if they end up actually being a good team after you said they weren't, you end, you know, you have the, the fun egg on your face because the CLG yeah. Twitter account is so active. Okay. Hundred Thieves is twelve and three. EG is twelve yeah. and three. CLG is ten and five. Team Liquid is ten and five. Cloud Nine is eight and seven. So let's just take Hundred Thieves and EG out of the conversation for now. Let's just say yeah. that's top two. Who's third? Like not next week, not at the end of the split. Like who's the third world's team? It's TL. It's Team Liquid. It has to be. It, it, they are also just starting to. They're scaling up as a team. They're playing better as a squad. So it hurts, you mm. know. That sucks for uh, CLG fans out there that it, there are three teams that are clearly strong. I will still say that, you know, they show weaknesses in themselves. Like, Team Liquid will still have bad games. You're right. Like, it was up until this point, I know we'll talk about it, where they're just like, they can never have a clean week. Um, so that's where my concern comes in for them. But I still feel like those are strong individual players. They are also just a great team fighting team. Like, yeah. like that's what they should be. That's what they currently are this week. I know it's recency bias, but it's gotten to that point now. Um, that should be the top three. I also want to call out, I wish I had the person who made this comment, but they're right on the money. Uh, I have been saying, oh, CLG is this really volatile team. They yeah. can lose to anyone and they can beat anyone. Mm-hmm. But they are 2-0 and against Dignitas. They are 2-0 against Golden Guardians. They are 1-0 against Immortals. They are 1-0 against TSM. They smash bad teams. That's where yeah. their record starts looking so good. All of their losses are against better teams. So yeah. they are very aggressive, but their baseline, their floor, has been high enough to just pick up very reliable wins that in past splits they have been able to lose. So I need to tweak the way I talk about this team because they've been very reliable about beating these teams like TSM and Immortals, which makes me fairly confident they can at least get to 12. Yeah. Not so sure about the 13. But I would I would also say I don't put them as like the favorite for a third world spot. Mm-hmm. But I am now willing to accept the fact that it could happen. It could happen. Yes. It's a tough one. It, it could happen. And I think the, the trick to it is Luger, actually. Mm. Because so much of the conversation has been about mid-jungle, you know, Dokla, uh, you know, uh, ability to carry. But Luger is a player that actually had a great game today. Yep. And just in general has just been somebody who's ultimately a creative, probably one of our more creative, most creative 80 carries. Mm. Um, you know, he can, he, when he first came into the league, can pick up the Kog'Maw. Saber yeah. is something that he immediately wanted to play. Uh, the Seraphine was the first thing that they picked up. It feels like if something's in the meta, he will immediately gravitate towards it. He is somebody that will pick it up faster than most ADs. Um, and he's in, he's the talented AD carry. Like mm-hmm. when CLG were struggling, it was give resources to Luger. And I feel like it's great that he's kind of allowed the rest of the team to like thrive. Hey, you have Palafox and Dokla yeah. that can be carry, so he's able to actually give up those resources when needed. Um, but you know, I, I feel like because of that, people are sleeping on him. Um, so I think that's kind of the key for CLG if they were to go into best of five. Yeah, big lull for CLG. Uh, the other team that they had previously been competing against was FlyQuest. Yeah, who's lost four in a row, man? 
they were seven and four. We all were so happy at anointing them this solid, fundamental, strong team. Yeah. Now, like they're gonna be sixth most likely. It's yeah. hard to see them not not ending in that. They play Hundred Thieves Immortals TSM next week. So I like I think they can take down Immortals TSM, which will put them at nine and nine, which is the same as they were in summer, which just feels yeah. so weirdly underwhelming with how much I felt like this team had improved. They had improved tremendously, and I think it's hard to see that because their last four opponents were hard, quote unquote. Mm. You know, Evil Geniuses and Team Liquid were two. The other ones where you say they should have been able to beat them, C9, knowing how they've been struggling and how FlyQuest beat them last time. Yeah. It's like, okay, you can make a case for that one, but that is a tougher match. And, of course, today's CLG. Um, so it feels like we're starting to really see where, you kind of like what you said, mm -hmm. where FlyQuest really are uh, sixth place, kind of fighting for fifth. And that sucks because that's where they were last split. Um, it, it hurts. I think for me, while watching today's games, I do not – I feel like – their goals are a little wafty within the game. Okay. Like there was an How's example that? within, in I think the CLG game, mm -hmm. they had Herald, they put a mid, and their goal was clearly that they were trading. Oh, I, mean, I remember going this. For Drake. Yeah. Yes, they were going for Drake and that they were giving like top turret or something like that, right? At least a, a waves top, at least. But they had greeted so much for mid because they took the, the mid turret, they, let, uh, they ushered the rich Herald into the second turret, and it felt like they were really confident and trying to get the utmost while mm -hmm. doing so. And then Philip Bass, because I think he was running out of mana, you're like, wait a minute, now we took this long for them to now be able to cross map from topside, move towards mid. Philip Bass, then he doesn't have TP. You called it out when we were in, mm -hmm. uh, in the back. Mm -hmm. Oh, so we just gave up Dragon, a, yep. a goal that we were literally setting up for. Yep. And that just sucks. Like This happens a lot, actually, for this team, where it feels like they had a goal in mind, they were setting up around it, and then either one person makes a mistake and gets chunked before the objective or they literally just had an outright macro error that usually comes from in my opinion just philip where he bases too late it is not going to be a part of the map a part of the play or he yeah mostly that actually yeah. <laughs> no, literally mostly that just not being there for the objective either bases too late when he was already there or bases too late when he was on the top side of the opposite side of the map you're like okay i'm pretty sure we need you to play for this and so they end up giving up more ground than they should when they have a lead they need to be able to change that going into playoffs. Yeah, I agree. I Philip's been a weird one because he was very underhyped coming into the split. Yeah. Maybe underhyped the wrong word, like just very low expectations. Kind of yeah. overperformed those expectations. Maybe coming back, a, like expectations are down at two. He performs yeah. at like a six. Now he's kind of moving down around to like a four, uh, which is not great. Like, he was never the reason that they were improving so much. I think so much of it was their coordination as a team, which has yeah. been what has been off. Like, they almost did it today. I mentioned that their mid-jungle needs to succeed for the team to win. Yeah. And they got first blood today with Takui and Jose, but they were outscaled. They didn't stack dragons properly, and COG was just, you know, kind of better in team fights. So yeah. just this FlyQuest, to me, is kind of like the other side of the not-as-storied-of-a-team pops off for a bit we end up kind of anointing them, but then they drop back down. Yeah. You hope that they can turn it around, but I think the likelihood is very low. What it actually does, I think, is increases the importance for both CLG and TL to get a high seed because playoff format, one and two get a bye, yeah. three plays six, four plays five. Uh, we're still going to talk about C9 and 100 Thieves, 
But just knowing the potential of C9, you want to play FlyQuest in that first round so yeah. you can advance and then have your next best of five possibly qualify you for Worlds. Because if you drop that first series, your road gets ridiculously hard. I think you have to win four yeah. best of fives after that to make Worlds if you drop to the loser's bracket out of the first round. So let's touch on C9 for now. <clears throat> then we'll give 100 Thieves their day because they deserve it. They've been freaking awesome. But yes. C9 is the topic at the moment. Relatively easy start to next week. Immortals TSM, then EG. But this was this was their doomer week. Like yeah. they had the O three week one. They washed it away because it was a different roster. They then went eight and two with yeah. their f- true roster, mm-hmm. which then drops to eight and four this week after losing to both CLG and one hundred thieves. So yeah. what do you make what do you make of their performance this week? I the CLG C9 game was for me heavily related on draft. I thought the I thought CLG had oh like yeah I actually agree that draft was yeah I don't use the term hot garbage lightly but that was, it <laughs> that was, was not so a good bad. draft. And I do think just flatly that I think it's been said before, so this is a pretty cold take that yeah Lucian and Nami are just the most overrated bot lane right now. Um, it's something that. I know, I think you said earlier a while back, I mean, the conversation, the opposite side is like Kalista, Renata. Yeah, um, yeah. But Lucian Nami right now is being played a lot, being blinded a lot. And I think, I thought the re- response here, or at least just uh, what CLG were playing, and they were showing really early, like they got mm-hmm. the Seraphine, they had Yone that was flex, so Palafox played that. It was a Karma bot lane. So it's like, what is actually Lucian going to do? Because that's yeah. not a, you really can't kill that lane. You can probably set up for a dive, but there's enough shielding and healing where you're like, okay, well, it's not possible. Um, and then you go into team fights, and you're just a insanely low range AD carry that doesn't have enough damage to puncture through that uh, front line, and you just get blown up, mm-hmm. just flatly so. And Nami is useless as an enchanter versus like a the double enchanter that they have. Yeah, you're not a, um, you're not even winning lane with Lucian Nami when you're against Seraphine yeah. Karma. And then yeah. the Trundle pick that they blinded before anything else on CLG, and then CLG just yeah. did this poke comp where they can run away. Yeah. Draft win it by was... CLG for sure, but like <laughs> it, Cloud9 just threw them a change up right down the middle. Like it was so easy to read with the way it they was. drafted. It was pretty bad. And so that game, I, I gave it, I can like give them the edge of saying, okay, fine, you've lost the CLG. You lost to them. I'm trying to remember the last game they played earlier on. So I guess it's irrelevant. But at the end of the day, I was like, I think they will. It will be a different fight if they end up being the four-five team in playoff. Yeah. But that has kind of been the conversation with Cloud Nine is their drafts. Um, it is a lot more. Um, they think a lot more about it. Like the Sona coming out, I think is interesting. Mm. Um, just generally speaking, I think it was them bringing Nyla. Or Nila. Yeah. Um, it's nice to be able to see that champion, Sona Nila. But it's throwing in a few champions that you probably didn't put enough uh, um, play enough games into. And I also think that Nila right now is not as good as people initially thought. Because yes, her passive sounds really enticing. Like, oh, I'm just going to be permanent ahead in experience in the enemy AD. But then functionally, like, what do you provide? Because you're... You don't have a, an amazing burst of damage. Mm-hmm. You don't like. You will not out DPS the enemy AD, be it Sivir, um, uh, Zeri. Like there are a lot of like outright ranged 
ADs that will out DPS you in team fights. So you are set up, it feels like, um, for a, a greater comp, which is what FBI said was like using she's a niche pick. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So I think right now C9 is already kind of a tumultuous team in how they play the game, and yeah. now they're throwing in drafts that are a lot harder to read, and if, whether or not they're actually good in the meta, um, True. and that's where True. they're at. Yeah, and they also played against good opponents, right? CLG's sure. now 10-5, and 100 Thieves is on a 7-game win streak. So these are the teams they need to beat if they want to go to Worlds, but it's, it's not the most unacceptable losses when you factor in the fact that they had a weird draft and then they're putting Zven on weird champions. The Zven on, the Zven on Enchanters and this just like super wide champion pool yeah. is... It's this is actually such a hard split to be a role swap support. Yeah. Like honestly, because the there's options are so broad with what you can do. There's way more enchanters than usual. But then there's also the fact that you need to be able to kind of hot swap to playing melees. There there yeah. we went through like 5 years where you only had to play tank engaged supports. Nautilus, Leona, Alistair, yeah. Rel for a bit. Thresh was like the most enchantry you had to get, but your yeah. stats were just so juiced you could win every lane phase. It's kind of different now, and they're they're putting on these these champions where he literally can never step out of position. Yeah, and then he's dying. So it's 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 a, a little weird for me. Another thing too that's definitely not helping them because coming into this split, we talked about how difficult it is going to be for Ace Vent to come into a new role. Sure, yeah. but another one was going to be like him working with. Um, Berserker, who obviously like English second language, mm -hmm. is going to be difficult for both of them to be on the same page a lot of the times, especially like the first barrier is just like playing a lane properly, knowing that Sven is coming into a new role and there's a new completely diff different meta. Yeah. And then the second one is like just being on the same page um, about how to take trades as a, as a duo. And of course, they came late. Like that is another angle. I think it's not, it's less relevant now, but what is relevant is that the 80 carry meta just keeps changing. <laughs> like consistently uh the the Silver came in, in and people were like okay yeah. we got to figure this one out uh then Nila is another one that which they obviously like were having to sort through um you know you can make the case about Ezreal and now I'm personally seeing a lot more Varus like I'm just seeing a lot more change in the bottom lane with the nurse that they put to Zeri um and and, and Jinx so like the meta's changed quite drastically for ADs in the plat in the past split and a mm -hmm. half um which doesn't help if you want to get in, like on the same page on anything. Um, yeah. So I, I and true. also, <laughs> bot lane is literally the hardest lane to read matchups for, um, because at least for solo laners, it's like okay, let's just I'll just get into a one v one with an with uh, yeah somebody. For bot lanes, a lot of the times, like we just need to get a better idea of it. You're not going to get that in solo queue because you're not with the player that you want to work with. So you're uh -huh. getting it off of scrims, which you might doom scrims if you're tr if you get the bad read. So it just sucks. Yeah, and you, you can kind <laughs> yeah. of two v two with Academy. Like if they yeah. if they really want to play with King and Destiny, That's they true. they can. It's tricky though. It's not a, it's not the same as one v ones for sure. Yeah. The the player that I'm kind of the most concerned about Jensen seemed like he had such an off week, man. Mm. Like he he got an early pick of Zier, which I know he's very good at. Yeah. Uh, and he, I think Palafox had the upper hand of that lane as Yone. And then his Silas game today was just really poor against, mm. uh, and, you know, pretty good ultimates to steal through the game. Um, but they did fall pretty far behind and ended up not being a, like a good team comp for him. Like if, yeah. if none of these things end up clicking, 
they're just dangerously close to not coming together. Like this is this yeah. is the the hot proposal because you've been pretty high on Cloud Nine before. I have been, yes. Right. Um, I came at the beginning of split saying that they would be the team that win the championship, like just on paper. And yeah, they have been the farthest from it so far. I'm not going to make you double down on that take, but if we project, since I I'm not going to have you back on the show until after after the mm. first week of playoffs, actually. Yes, true, true, true. So like fairly likely early round matchup could be CLG versus C9. Yeah, it could be that. That's CLG in the four, Cloud9 in the five. Yes. Oh, boy. Who takes it? That one's tough. I think my gut is telling me, everything in my soul is telling me it's going to be C9. Okay. Because I did say at the beginning of the split, on paper, this was the team that should do it. Um, To win a championship is when I say that. Just on paper. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think I'll give them draft and yes they're still suffering of not being on the same page the benefit of playoffs is that you know your opponent mm-hmm. you're going to be on a one pad mm-hmm. for a very long time you're not going to get surprised just... in draft by the fact they can play seraphine yes and you have the chance to actually be able to respond in like game two game three all these right so i actually think that playoffs is perfect for them as a team mm. to get this shit together um and i think that they are as i said going into the split individually very strong players you should always have faith in like fudge berserker and blabber just like period as individuals and how they play the game if they suck as a team that's going to be how clg takes it that series the hypothetical series yeah. is just that clg is just a period better team yeah um so we'll see if c9 can get it together yeah we're we're way ahead of ourselves on this c9 versus True. clg like we saw them once this week so the easy answer is clg like hey they beat the most recently they're one on one on the split. I, I, I am right now probably a prisoner of the moment because like nine times out of ten, I feel like I'm gonna be with you, and say like, "Yep, it's the team with you know all the players that everyone thinks were super good before the year." Yeah. But I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna regret it. I'm gonna go CLG. Here we go. It's super. I'm going to change this next week. I know I'm going to change this next week. But like literally <laughs> right now, I feel like CLG could actually be better. And may, not because I think CLG is the super legitimate, like big worlds contender. This C9 thing is just not working to me. Like I've been yeah. a skeptic this whole time. This whole like they started 0-3. So, oh, by the way, their main roster is actually 8-2. I'm like, bullshit, man. Like they had yeah. three fifths of their main roster. Uh, they would have lost a couple of those games anyway, I think. And so many of their wins have been questionable. Like, mm-hmm. I need to call a stop to it at some point, like, for myself. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I, I know, I know just the way sports works. And I know, mm-hmm. like, I know how good Jensen can be, right? Yeah. On any given week, Jensen can literally be literally be the best player in the league. Yeah. Or he can just be trash. And it just, it looks closer to being bottom of the barrel right now. And I don't know if they have the chemistry to bring the best out of Jensen. And like the same can be true of Zen's support, right? He has these amazing Yumi games. He has these other games where he dies like seven times. Um, Berserker's got the language barrier. Blabber, there's this stupid Blabber Crabber meme that never leaves him. Like there's so, so many Feast or Famine players on this team. It's like literally too much, man. Yeah. It's the emotions that are coming to me right now. What will get it down and what I think they're saying they're saying the right things, which is that they're having the tough conversations. So when they're in the yeah. moment that they can be in, they can make the right moves. And also like what Fudge has said is like having those long conversations with Berserker specifically, those are needed. 
it's gonna suck for the teams that are facing them as scrims when they're taking forever i'm sure like to get through whatever they need to get through <laughs> You're like guys it's uh 25 minutes it's uh <laughs> yeah, it's 30 along. minutes you coming uh guys uh it's 5 p.m it's yep. uh we're on game four <laughs> what's happening <laughs> please get in the lobby can we play the game um so like but these are the right things and i and i have to have faith that these players who've done it before having conversations that they should be having um and also just having those glimpse of moments throughout the split they're like oh they look amazing when they click and i think they can do it again they can I, they, they look amazing when they click yeah so i have to have that faith um mm -hmm. that's based in what we've seen again and again so we'll see and if it doesn't happen because clg is just that good that's even that's an even better story you know um, how much and i'm way too early for this it's just i'm so yeah. excited for the possibility how much clg making worlds just f's with the league it does literally because there were four teams that yeah. all end on going to worlds yeah. And if CLG is one of... They were not a team that all end on going to Worlds. If two, if half the teams that all end on going to Worlds don't make it... Oh my God. That's carnage. That that's is carnage. Calamity. What is that? That actually is the roughest offseason for some teams. It's so exciting <laughs> for the fans. You have? Yeah. If they make it, it's so... Like, it's actually, I think, really bad for, like, the economy of the LCS. If CLG messes this up. It might be rough because now you're like, oh, so a team that's obviously not putting as much resources into it goes to Worlds. So let's not do that. Let's I, invest I in it. Maybe it would it be might really be good. Great for the long Maybe term. it would actually be really good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. For the long term, it could be great. Yeah. Uh, that's that's a conversation that should be dove into when it happens. We don't need to have it right yes. now. 100 true, Thieves. True. I apologize, 100 Thieves. You were on a seven-game win streak. You were literally tied for first. And 37 minutes, 45 seconds in the podcast, we were finally talking about you. Boom. But they're good. They're they great. they actually are looking better kind of in each win they have because they've found a level of consistency. I would say even more of a consistency than they found in their big win streak in spring. Yeah. Uh, just playing very solid. Like yeah. they, they're not doing crazy early game dives. They're not, they're, they're actually winning without taking that much risk. Yeah, which, you know, you, there could be international arguments that they would need to play a different way or something, but they're very good at it. Like they play fly CLGTL. Uh, if they could end this the year on a ten game win streak, that would be that would be pretty nutty. Yeah, it is, and I feel like they, as a team, sure they're amazing right now. Um, they're doing pretty much what they've done going into the last few splits i feel like yeah where the formula is there it makes sense for them as a team someday is playing weak side as either or nar um you know whatever works for them sejuani thankfully is in the meta so you can play that as well yeah. um wins that match they're playing exactly the orn <laughs> just matchup. incredible <laughs> orn says just going for a straight solo kill um but yeah the comps i think is incredibly comfortable for them and they're playing the way that they would in championship seasons um, with like playing through mid, getting Abadaga and closer elite in their 2v2 and then also playing through top lane. Like, I think there's more angles to them, yes, simply because the individuals are playing better. Um, someday, we already just mentioned it, is insane individually now. Like he is playing really well in lane. And that's something that cannot be understated. Um, so this team, I think, is, they might just end the split first. Yeah, Which is I mean, just something we I wouldn't have said 
for a long time now. We have, we have playoff previews galore next week because yeah. Fly, Fly COGTL is not an easy schedule for them. They mm-hmm. definitely have the difficult wins that they needed, but they play three top six teams. Uh, they play third and fourth. They they definitely have a mild gauntlet to run in the last week without mm-hmm. wanting to give away too much before, before, before a playoff happens. I don't think they'll actually... I don't know why I said that. There's no reason they'll hide anything with how different playoffs will be by the time they actually play these yeah, teams. Yeah, that's true. That's but true. yeah, it's it's a tester. They seem super motivated. And if I had to pick like a top performer on the team, it's weirdly like to me, everyone's been hyped on Sunday, but it's Abadaga. Yeah. I ragged on this guy at the start of the split. Mm-hmm. And I think I was very justified in doing so. I thought he was playing mm-hmm. terribly. But yeah. he has one thousand percent turned it around. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he has an on-off switch. Dude's dude's super capable. Yeah. And I think to your point, because we had a segment I think on Saturday. Um, it was either Saturday or today. Pretty sure it was Saturday. Where I just like picked up basically the stats for Abadaga from week three to week six, <laughs> like just till recently, because like the criticisms were in the first two weeks, and then I think people continued to rag on that yeah. and bring that up. Yeah. Where I was like, he is literally playing well every one of these games. <laughs> <laughs> like, and, and statistically, he's just the best. I think he yeah. right now is the best mid laner in the league if you're not counting the first two weeks. Um, mm. An MVP conversation, like, it's going to be tough. Sure. But, yeah. like, yeah, yeah. I would probably have him in the list. Sure. Right now, it's going to be uh, the EG players, right? Specifically, mm. it's going to be inspired that I think lead that pack. Um, but Abadaga has just been the best laner for um like the last six weeks and the funniest thing too is that um i remember last year um jazuke was in the conversation and his first two weeks were just like really atrocious it was very Mm. similar Mm. um where he had a poor early split and then for the rest of the split was killing it was performing incredibly well and the eg hype machine was on (laughs) was on board like if if Jazuke is playing well, if an EG player is playing well, the entire coaching staff is on Twitter and letting yeah. you know. Yeah. And so people bought into it, but there's not that equal push from Abadaga's court, other than of course the players, and then there's an interview. And so people are still kind hmm. of underselling hmm. him, where I feel as though he is still he is performing to a high level since week three. Hundred Thieves got to get in on the propaganda, is what you're saying. They do. They need they to do. sell, sell, sell all their. They need players. to get in there. All of their every their coaching staff and everything get out yeah. there and start hyping their boys. Reaper start the campaign as well. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting you say that because that is true that it's not the same social media push. But yeah. one thing that I think really works with this team is how much they talk each other up. Yeah, part of that I think comes from being together for so long. But it just seems like they have really good positive feedback loops working on that team. Mm-hmm. FBI talks up who he. Closer talks up someday. Abadaga, yeah. even when he was running it down, he was always just like, yeah, but my teammates have my back. Um, yeah. When at the time I was like, you can't excuse your bad play, blah, blah, blah. But it actually did. Like the teammates yeah. literally did have his back and helped him find his way to playing at the highest level again. So we'll see, man. Uh, the funny thing about this though is like, we literally take this moment in time from mm-hmm. spring split where we're about to go into super week to end the split. And we would have said C9 is a lock for top three in spring. If spring had qualified teams for Worlds. They finished fourth. So literally, EG, 100 Thieves, 
no one is safe. If any yeah. of these teams let up with the competition that is there between the top five teams, they will not go to Worlds. This reminds which me is of, cool. This reminds me of first place TSM last year. That too, man. Yeah. yeah. That's actually pretty insane. First to fourth. Playoffs is long, hard yeah. road. We're five weeks away still from knowing which teams go to Worlds. Okay. Uh, you know who is not going to Worlds? Who? Golden Guardians. Oh, no. It's... It's technically possible. I mean, yeah, you're. It's, it's technically, technically. Yeah, and technically, technically, I don't need to eat a habanero pepper yet, but I will because TSM's not finishing top five. I think it's. Mm-hmm. I think we do need to have a discussion on Golden Guardians because they have had. They have had a fall, man. Yeah. They were. They were at one point four and five, in. Summer split. They are now on yeah. a six-game losing streak. They're four and eleven. They were nine and nine in spring, with really good early games. And now they're mm. here. So, yeah. yeah, what is happening, do you think, to make them this bad? I think it's a combination of, sure, initially with the same the team that they had, a Blaze Olive, Ole, um, Pride Stalker, you know, being the core, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, the growth may be on, I don't know what they saw internally. It's, there, it didn't feel like there was growth on stage. Because the most tilting thing for players and i'm sure coaching staff and everything is when you have leads and consistently throw it because that wasn't just mm. you know, it's not just this split it's not last split well, all you year say it's last split. It's, it's all, all year. year yeah it's all year off season all this stuff where it seems like it doesn't matter how much of a lead you have um doesn't matter how much you know growth that you feel as a team if you're still running into the same barriers down the stretch and that's and a feeling of stagnation of and lack of improvement is the worst feeling when your entire team is built on that. Like you have mm. multiple player coaches. Like the whole point is like we're improving in the uh, throughout the year. There was the Anero interview where he's saying like he has faith. This was last split. Whereas like the second half is gonna be better than the first because oh yeah, he was like yeah, we'll be twelve and six. Like we're gonna yeah. yeah. And so I think that they reacted quickly to it. Um, also thinking long-term when they made the switch to river. So I was like, okay, I like that. You know, I personally like the river change cause it's like, he's still a great jungler. He fits what they're kind of going for. You're also looking long-term cause they extended his contract apparently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, that works. But then they kept making changes. Yeah. <laughs> Just, and I think that's what lost me. Um, and I know there's going to be a lot of people out there that are detractors or not fans of either olive and all this thing, just anything that's not working. Mm. They want it to be safe. Mm. But I think if you change way too much, then you don't actually give it time to find success. Like when you add in River, there's a new dynamic. There's a new inf- like kind of infrastructure and who's going to be making calls and who are you going to be listening to. You want to give it some time. Obviously, it's the end of the split, so you're not going to give it too much time. You want it to give. You want to at least know if it's going to work going into playoffs. But then I think where you went wrong is where they went wrong is. So moving up Blaze Olive is one thing because you see Leader actually performing well in Academy. Yeah. So different, completely different environments, by the yep. way. Yep. Academy and, and LCS. Yep. Like different level of play and everything. But then you also move Ole because you want to make this work because you don't want to have uh, you you can't have more than two imports off the team because of it. So you bring in Prismal and it's not going to work. Yeah. You're bringing in a completely new player uh, in support uh, for Prismal who needs time, of course, and I think would do much better in an academy given that new time in a new position. I think he's a great player, but putting him in a position where Ole is your primary caller, is a strong performer, 
but you're now taking them out to make this basically the change work. So this is way too much. And the fear now is you kind of have to, I think you kind of have to go back. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, that's the uh, worst part. I actually think you need to go back. You need to go back to Ole and Ablazalo. Get Price Darker back just, in here. Just throw him in. <laughs> oh, <geez>. <laughs> River can go <laughs> to Academy. And now it feels like you wasted a week and games and like so much time. So you either commit to an idea that like brings you back to step one, which is Prismal and, and Leader, or you go back to what was kind of sort of working, but you lost confidence now, I would assume internally. So it, it blows. Yeah. I don't think there's a right answer to this. Yeah. If So I'm going to try to be sympathetic. Okay. Let me... Golden Guardians has tried to make a brand of development and mm. spring to summer improvement. Yeah. And if we go all the way back to 2020, that was the like peak improvement. They mm. 3 0 TSM in playoffs before getting reverse swept by TSM. But that was the yeah. FBI closer who he roster that yeah. basically got sold to 100 Thieves when they had some funding issues in the offseason. And then they started 2021 and be like, we're going to freaking do it again. Like, we yeah. are talent development. And they did the Niles iconic roster, uh, yeah. Blaze Olive, et cetera. And they actually did show improvement from spring to summer. They yes. brought in Licorice. They had a pretty good record in summer. I think it was like, th it was a longer summer split. It was 27 games. It was like 13 and 15 or something. Like yeah. something actually decent. Um, yeah. They come into this, 9 and 9 with a lot of close games. They're still improving. Yeah. But like, depending on the goal, and this is, this is a, a question I actually have for almost all of the LCS. Like, what is the business case or the goal of not finishing first? Like, mm -hmm. is it to just not finish last or is it to try and win? Because everyone yeah. is given different decks uh, in terms of their organizational structure. Yeah. And if Golden Guardians is literally saying like, no, we need to be able to peak at Worlds. Mm -hmm. they, they may have been able to see enough. And you're never going to say this publicly because it's like, yeah. but they may have been able to see enough of their spring to summer roster this year to be like, you know what? That's not it. Yeah. Let's use these last three weeks to see if this other guy could be it. Like, yeah. should we build around leader in 2023? It's mm -hmm. going to screw us. They're never going to, no one's ever going to make a change and be like, by the way, this is going to screw us <laughs> for the rest yeah. of the year. We're, we're packing yeah. it in, but we're literally thinking about 2023. Um, mm -hmm. Whether that was the intent or not, I think that is what happened. Now it is all about 2023 regardless. I yeah. don't disagree with what you're saying of uh, there's possibly even a level of impatience there because like they literally were close. It's just because it felt like they were stuck for six months. They had to make these big changes. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think, I still think, I think they're doomed. Winning. I think they're doomed. So, so I, yes, I think they're doomed. So I you, still think do it's you about think they're going to go back next week to Olive? I think so. I, I think so because here's the thing: as much as they make it out to be that, you know, you know, losing funding is one point. Yeah. I don't think Golden Guardians is ever going to or ever had been a big budget team. No. Nope. Like that's just not going to be what that organization is. Maybe if they find like a a nugget, kind of like what they did with Closer. Um, it's weird because they are the highest spending NBA team in the history yeah, of the NBA. <laughs> Maybe that's hurting them. <laughs> Maybe that's hurting them. Too much of that luxury tax <laughs> eating yeah. into the, their League of Legends budget. Um, 
And, and so I think maybe when they do find a nugget like they do with Closer and Huhi and FBI again, yeah. they will invest. There's a there's a there's a case to be made for that. Hmm. But I think very likely they're looking for that one golden nugget that finds. And this happens in any sport where they're like, hopefully this player buys into them being a franchise player in this organization and that they see themselves winning here. Um, let's say in the future, if they ever find a European player or something like that, or if they gold mine, they get speak on the team or something mm. like that, uh, though River's here to stay, I'm sure. And they're like, Dude. this is going to be the player we build around. Then you have, the problem is I don't think they're going to invest in it. So they have to find a success right then and there. So I think they're going to try and win still. Um, okay. I don't know what next year looks like, but I certainly think that to make a case for that they're a team that's improving and find high, like putting value within the players. Because if you're in sixth or fifth, then the, the value of your players increase drastically. Yeah. Suddenly, true, Ole true, looks true, great. True. Yeah. Or a Blaze Olive looks great. Whoever succeeds in the playoffs or River just looks even better. So you can either sell them for a higher cost or you just say, no, we are gearing for next split with these with this player um yeah. and maybe we will find another player that wants to play with them so i think they want they're still aiming to get the best possible result this is not looking good right now hmm. tough decisions i think i think they're going to stick with leader and prismal i think gonna give, i think they're going to give them three more games like we'll dude they have been covid bopped like no one else yeah when is the last time this team was in the studio and like you can see if you're a fan you can see like yeah. they're at this facility Where's that player? Where's the yeah. mid lane camera? Dude's yeah. not there. Same with EG this week. Where's Inspired? He's just not in the room with the rest of them. He's in his bedroom. Like we saw, you know, uh, Fudge was in his bedroom with COVID earlier on in the year. Yeah. Um, it's And that I think actually makes you play worse, which is another weird layer on this. This has to be the most mentally taxing split for the team specifically. They had a, a, a piece that's come out. I still need to watch it fully, but I watched it a little bit. And yeah, like, the fact that they've come to the studio a few times and then were sent back because positive of that, yeah. that's with a positive test, and you've only had like two weeks in the studio. And in this piece that they had, Ablaze Olive talked about how you know his family came in, and so he oh. came you know, excited for that, gets the positive test, so they're not even going to be in the studio to see him. That shit piles up. The frustration, yeah. the negative vibes, sure. Like, I don't think that means that if they had a perfect split, they were always in studio, that they're suddenly like a fifth place team. No. But I do think that it's a much better situation. They don't have to go through all these dire changes if at least one thing is working for them. (laughs) At least they got at least a a break. Um, So there's some copium there. But yeah, this has not been a positive split for this team. Yeah. Okay. That, uh, I think that does it for this week's JLXP. You got anything else you want to add? Any shout outs? Um, nothing so far. I mean, shout out for CLG, another one. Um, just it, it it's another proof in the bucket that that's not even a word. Proof in the <laughs> that's bucket. Not even proof in the bucket. Right below yeah. the Evan line. <laughs> <laughs> it's an it's another uh, point case about uh, developing the players that you have from academy. Uh, sure, some of them has been on the stage before, but you put them all together with strong coaching staff and yeah. strong enough environment that that team has made a huge turnaround and there are making a case for world i think we're seeing that i think they have to finish i think they have to finish the job for it to make an impact just like i think eg needed to actually win finals for teams to care more about any talent and we haven't even really seen that percolate that far down in lcs like the jojo danny experiments but if like if you have them doing jojo danny and then you have clg signing like 
you know, mm-hmm. promoting the top player from Academy and Dokla and contracts, who was one of the best players in Academy last year, yeah. um, grabbing the best uh, to them Academy bot lane in Hunter Thieves Academy from last year, promoting them. Like if that team could makes worlds and also EG makes worlds, that's like pretty overwhelming evidence, but I think they need yeah. to finish the job for this to matter. So I, I agree. I, I kind of hope they do. Anyway, there's five more weeks to talk about that. Thank you once again for joining me, Raz, as always. And I'll see everybody. I'll see everybody next time. Bye. Peace.